It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. As we gear up for another exciting fall sports season, Dr. Albana will again host a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate acute orthopedic sports injuries for adolescent and high school athletes. Dr. Albana, orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon at Memorial Healthcare, will be assisted by certified PA Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger. Whether you're dealing with sprains, strains, bruises, or any other athletic mishaps, Dr. E and his highly skilled team can get you back on your feet and back in the game. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding area since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcast, they've had three generations. Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and Noah Jacobs working for you. Jacobs Insurance Agency is a big supporter of our area schools and our sponsor of the Prep Spotlight, with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21 just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by one of their industry pros. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's the Jacobs family working together to protect yours. Jacobs Insurance Agency. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello again, everybody. Are you ready for some football? It's time for the sixth annual Three Point Podcast Prep Pigskin Preview presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center and the Jacobs Insurance Agency. More info at memorialhealthcare.org and jacobsinsurance.com. We also want to thank our local partners. They include AZ Branding Solutions, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We've got a whole panel of experts from throughout the state that will be checking in. We also have reeled in Jerome Murphy of the Owasso Argus Press, he rarely does interviews, but we'll have him in the program talking about Shiawassee uh, County and also a little bit about his career. But uh, as we, we've done now, this is our sixth time doing it, guys, catching up on you know memories of our high school days playing gridiron football, kind of uh, Al Bundy style. Uh, it's been, believe it or not, I was thinking about this, and it just it really hits hard. 
it's been 50 years for me, 50 wow. years. I played high school football to the, to the date almost right now. I'd be playing, I'd be having Saturday practice 50 years ago. <laughs> Think about that. Wow. That is crazy. I mean, you saying that, you know, we, we talked about it on the podcast. I earlier this summer had my 20 year high school reunion. So that means 20 years ago, this would have been my first, you know, my first year at college, my first fall, not playing high school football. And I just remember, you know, that feeling of like, oh yeah, it is all over. You know, you, you've moved on to college, you've moved on to whatever you're doing after high school. But you know, when high school football comes back, those feelings come back also where you're like, you remember the two a days, you remember the practices, you remember leading up to that first game and, and just all the excitement and, you know, just looking forward to, to running out under those lights. I always just think about too, you know, obviously all the community stuff and seeing your friends up in the stands, family and the, the all the, the local people and everything. But those first few weeks, maybe first month or so of high school football in Michigan, you can't beat it. The weather. I just always remember the weather fall, you know, it's still a little warm, late summer, early, early fall. Yeah. Perfect nights. You know, it's still not getting dark super early, you know, so in late in the season is nice too, but you know, you get some pretty chilly games late in the season. Yeah. Those, those first few weeks, man, it's just, it is just prime football weather. And I just, I just can't, I, I can't imagine the excitement. I always, I always remember the excitement those kids are probably having right now, gearing up. It's an awesome time of the year. I mean, we we all were talking about it a couple weeks ago. As soon as the calendar hits August, it's just getting me to football season. And, and I can't believe we're already here. I mean, it's game week. Uh, and you, you're you're jealous of those kids that get to go through there and, and run through the tunnel. You know, I'm not jealous of taking the hits or tackling or practice <laughs> or anything like that. But, you know, running out of the tunnel on a Friday night, I mean, there's nothing beats that feeling. So just a really exciting time of the year. And it should be a really good season on the gridiron. Yeah, yeah. we Go ahead, Matt. It, it really is. I mean, you saying that, looking forward to running under under the lights and there's nothing else like it. Again, it's something we've talked about before, but it's not an, an Uncle Rico, uh, Al Bundy, reliving the glory days thing. It, it's a real thing. These are memories that are going to last forever. And I think it's something that even when you get to my age, T Jared, you're probably already realizing it. Ted, you for sure. At my high school reunion, what were some of the things that were brought up? high school football and you know some of the guys that i played with you know some memories come up some stories ted i'm sure you still do when you bump into people that you played with i know we've talked about it before your dad would still talk to you know the the, the guys who played with him they would still talk about oh, yeah. memories from high school football it's just stuff that it's it's not like an elitist it's i it, i don't know how to say it if you didn't play you don't truly understand it's something that even if it, there's guys on your team who you weren't necessarily friends with, you always have that bond and that connection because you you put that gold dome on if you played for the Cavaliers and you ran out Nick and East Field and there's nothing like it. So, it, you know, it's just some, some very cool memories, that's for sure. Well, it's obviously very popular. And, man, I can't believe the uh, the growth of media coverage. You know, like yeah. look at us. We're six years into this pigskin preview, and I've noticed – uh, you know, the, the local TV stations have always done a nice job on their after a, their sports broadcast on Friday night, you know, for the high school games. But now it's exploded. You know, it's yeah. social media everywhere, interviews everywhere. I mean, you know, everybody's kind of geared up for the brand new school year. And it's all highlighted right now on, on high school football, which is very cool. Well, I mean, it's it's 
It's changed. One cool thing about our podcast, we always talk about if we have any listeners who are kind of new to three point podcast is the three generation thing. And we really do get a look at whatever we're talking about with, with our three generations. Ted, there was virtually, and I'm not saying anything bad, virtually no coverage probably back when you played newspapers, right? Newspapers were it basically. We had our games on the radio, but it was, it was sketchy at best, you know? (laughs) Yep. And for me, it was, it was the newspapers, you know, Argus Press, Jerome Murphy, you know, it was cool on a Saturday, waking up, running out, grabbing the paper and hoping that you made the front page. Mm -hmm. But then yes, the, the local news highlights, ABC 12, Channel 25, you know, Fox 66. I don't know if they were really, ABC 12 was the main one. Right. But then, you know, for Jared, you saw the change. I mean, I was starting to see it with YouTube and social media wasn't really a thing when I was in high school. YouTube was kind of coming around. People were starting to maybe make their own highlights. But Jared, you were you were all in on it when people were, you know, huddle and all these other websites where you would put your whole basically highlight tape to send out to if you were trying to play in college or something. But now, like you said, Ted, it's high school football is covered basically like college and pro football and it just makes me it's one of those things that like i almost wish it was like that back when i played i would have been putting out putting out highlight tapes every week but it is it's crazy to see yeah and then the the one thing that i think is just an interesting little wrinkle of this whole season is is the fact that state championship games are going to be played on uh saturday and sunday this year Mm -hmm. at uh ford field so it's just it's always the build up to ford field and the excitement along the way and the hardships and the lessons learned and the battles that are on the gridiron, as they would say. So yeah, it's just a great time of year. I mean, we're lucky enough to have a very small part in seeing it and in covering it in some sense. But uh, as we've, as we've said time and time again, I mean, those kids who are out there playing, I mean, that you get it said to you at the time. I mean, I'm six years graduated from last time I played football. They say it to you at the time, you know, cherish it. It's going to go by fast. And you kind of shrug it off. I mean, you played football your whole life. You don't think it's ever going to end. And then it eventually does. Uh, and you find yourself missing it. So you just hope that all the players and all the kids and any of them that are listening to this and getting ready for their very first game coming up this week, that they, they appreciate the time they have. Cause it really is a once in a lifetime period of your life. Well said, Jared. And, and I'll add as the old guy, and we've talked about it before. If, if you are a player listening to this preview, man, just concentrate on the season. Get yeah. rid of all distractions because, <laughs> like Jared said, once it's over, it's pretty much over other than the few that can move on to play college. So, man, cherish these Friday nights and, you know, stay out of trouble and uh, just go to work. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if, if you do make a run, you know, it's, it's nine Fridays. Right. Nine Fridays, maybe 13, you know, a couple Saturdays, you know, whatever. 13, 14 fr- Friday Saturdays yep. that you have to focus on. For the rest of your life, you're literally going to remember this stuff the rest of your life. I'm telling you, I remember things vividly. I don't know if Ted, if it's starting to get a little blurry in your mind or anything, but I remember some some of my memories of of playing vividly. I'm telling you, like like it was just like it was last week or something. So it's definitely cool. I mean, there's nothing like high school football. We love pro football. We love college. We love Major League Baseball, all, all that kind of stuff. But there's just nothing like high school football. Amen. And, uh, you know, we're excited about this podcast. You're going to hear from the experts throughout the state. Uh, We look forward to hearing from them and we look forward to putting this together every single year. So stay tuned. It's coming up right after this. AZ Branding Solutions is a multimedia business in the heart of downtown Owasso, Michigan. They'll grow your brand from A to Z with the area's best in printing garments, 
film, and vinyl. They also offer custom embroidery service and promotional materials. AZ Branding Solutions is much more than a print shop. Spread your brand message with their expertise in web design, video production, and graphic design. They can also help you with social media and audio visuals, including podcasting. Get details online at info at azbiz.com. Give them a follow on Facebook and the other socials. Grow your brand with AZ Branding Solutions. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Brandon Green with ABC 12. I am the sports director. We have the debut of the Highlight Zone this Thursday. But before we get into the season and everything, I wanted to give the Three Point Podcast just a little bit of a rundown of what to expect this season. And we're going to start with players to watch. The first one you have to watch out for is A.J. Hill out there in Davidson. He's a running back. He missed the end of last season with the NCL sprain, but he's back and he looked really good in the practice I went to. He was really productive last year. Also a player for the Cardinals is Carter Harriman. He's like their Ray Lewis, Luke Keekly type of linebacker. He's just the quarterback out there. And then I really like the twins out there in Corona and Wyatt and Tarek Bauer. That QB and wideout combo is something that the Flint Metro League had to deal with last year, and they're going to have to do that all over again. Then up there in Heritage, wideout Braylon Islam, he dominated the SVL last season, not only on the offensive end, but he plays both sides of the ball on the defensive end as well, and I expect the same thing this season. Okay, let's dive into some teams to watch. Of course, you always have to keep an eye out there on Frankenmuth. For the third year in a row, they'll be starting a new quarterback, though. This time, it's Jack Rich. And I saw them scrimmage through Lothrop and the Eagles. They didn't skip a beat. And Corona, those two twins are something different, like I said before. And a lot of people expect them to take that next step and be in the Flint Metro League Championship game this year. And also another team that you have to keep your eye on is Hamity. They had an historic season last year, and they're going to try to win the GAC for their third year in a row. And Jacoby Boost, yeah, he's a beast. Okay, now let's dive into some storylines. Who is going to win the Saginaw Valley League? Ramblank, Mount Pleasant, Davidson, Heritage, Midland, and of course Lapeer are all in the mix to take the crown. Then out there in the MMAC, Duran, are they going to take a step back this year or a step forward? They lost a ton of talent from last year, but they just finished up over the summer a new state-of-the-art weight room that I had the chance to go into. It is beautiful. They had a lot of kids in there pumping iron and getting stronger for this season and always keep your eye on Goodrich. Last year, they had a magical run, made it all the way to Ford Field, won the Flint Metro League. But can they do it all over again? Or do they take a step back? Because that's the difference between a team that's a Cinderella and somebody that's here to stay. We can't wait to see what the Martians do this year. But that's going to do it for our look at the high school football season. Don't forget to tune into the Highlight Zone this Thursday. We also have an hour-long season preview that's going to air at 7 on Wednesday, where we went to 21 different schools this year to bring you all the content 
Can't wait for that to drop. And don't forget about the Fan Zone either, where we pick out the best student section. But I'm Brandy Green with ABC 12. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Brian Calloway of the Lansing State Journal. As it comes to Greater Lansing, a look at some of the players to watch include Nakaya Makri from Hazlitt, Javon Thomas from East Lansing, and Kaysen Carswell from Mason. Amakri is a very dangerous player. He's a running back for Hazlitt. He's committed to Bowling Green. Now, he made a big splash last season at the Battle at the Big House when he returned a couple of kicks for scores. And that was just a dangerous special teams player, but also a very talented running back and a defensive back and a big piece for Hazlitt. We also have Javon Thomas, as I mentioned. He's committed to Eastern Michigan. A steady lineman for this team, and you know he will be one of the big pieces for an East Lansing team that figures to be among the best in the CAAC Blue once again. There's also Kaysen Carswell, who's you know set a couple of single-season school records last season for Mason while helping it make a run to the Division III state semifinals for a second straight season. As far as some teams to keep an eye on in Greater Lansing, I'll start with DeWitt. Um, the Wids obviously is a team that's consistently been a power under the direction of Rob Zimmerman, uh, a team that's consistently in the conversation for league titles and also to have some state tournament success. Last year, they had their league title streak in it, but still managed to make a run to the Division Three state semifinals and have, now they have uh, several pieces back from that team as well, too. Mason is uh, one of those other teams and another team that was also in the Division Three state semifinals uh, last season, but on the opposite side of the bracket is DeWitt. Now, they're coming off a 12-1 season. Uh, they may have made the semifinals in back-to-back years. And expectations are at an all-time high for this program with several key players coming back like Carswell and Kayla Parrish and A.J. Martell and so many others. The other team, I would say, is Portland. Um, they are the defending CAAC white champion. And uh, John Navarra annually has good teams and some teams that do some some damage uh, in the playoffs as well, too, and, and can have teams that compete with some of the best teams around as well, too. They've made some noise in the playoffs in Division 5 in years past, but now they are going to be up to Division 4 this year. Some of the storylines in Greater Lansing include the new-look CAAC White Division. Obviously, you know, Portland is a part of the CAAC White Division, and then you have teams like Lansing Catholic and, and Sexton and others like that, but now... We have Alavet and Lakewood that are now included in that division as well, too. So it went from six to eight teams. And I think that league gets a little bit interesting because Alavet and Lakewood were kind of the two best teams in the GLAC, which is, uh, does no longer exist. But they were the two best teams in the GLAC. And now you add some uh, you know, talented football teams into that league just to make it a little bit deeper. So, I mean, I think that's something that's uh, very uh, interesting to follow in Greater Lansing this year, just to kind of see how that shakes out. We also have, you know, a couple of Division Three state title contenders as you uh, look at both DeWitt and Mason, which I talked about with the teams to watch. Now, both of these teams have very high expectations this year. Both of them are favored to, to win their leagues as well, too. And you know, both of them actually play each other this year as well, too, which kind of creates a game of the year feel uh, in Greater Lansing. And it's a week two matchup between these teams are playing at DeWitt. And it should be an exciting matchup between some teams that have a lot of talent and have very high expectations for the season. You can follow me on X at Brian underscore Callaway for more information about Greater Lansing Sports. For the Three Point Podcast, this is Brian Callaway. I'm Jason Hutton from Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. We have the Blitz every Friday night at 10.55. The first two weeks we're going to be on Thursday nights at 10.55. 
We're on social media on X at Fox 17 Blitz. We have a Facebook group, Fox 17 Blitz. And then I'm on Instagram, jhutt, H-U-T-T, 555. And even trying out this TikTok thing this year as well. We'll see how that goes. In terms of three teams we're going to be watching this season in the West Michigan area, it's going to start, as it often does, with the Muskegon Big Reds. They've been to Ford Field eight of the last 11 years, if we can believe that. What an incredible run. And they have a great senior class with tons of experience. Two years ago, this class was playing a bunch of guys as sophomores on varsity. Last year, they really carried the load as juniors with a handful of sophomores as well when they got the Division Three state championship game and lost to Dante Moore and Detroit Martin Luther King. Makai Guy is back at quarterback. Jacob Price is a special talent running back. And Destin Piggy at slot receiver. And the list goes on. Their offensive line is big and very good as well. I have Muskegon as the top team in West Michigan as the season starts. Big Reds in Division Two this season. So we'll keep an eye on them. Caledonia got to the Division One state championship game last season as the smallest school in Division One. They are now back in Division Two, where they usually are. And yes, they return an outstanding quarterback in Mason McKenzie, who's off to Saginaw Valley State. They also lost all their receivers, but they returned some offensive linemen and they returned two Division One players in senior running back and safety, Brock Townsend, who is committed to Central Michigan University. And senior H-back and outside linebacker Derek Pennington Jr. committed to Western Michigan University. Pennington also the son of head coach Derek Pennington Sr. Look for the Fighting Scots to be really good. They do have to figure out the quarterback position. They have a junior in Brody Betzer who's competing for that job. He's a really good passer. be interesting to see how that goes. But their ability to run the football and play defense is going to be really good. They did not win the OK Red last year finishing second to Rockford, but then beat the Rams in the playoffs. And that brings us to our third team, and that's Rockford. Every year, that's a team to watch. In the West Michigan area, the Rams have won four straight OK Red championships. They've won 23 straight regular season games. In fact, fourth-year head coach Brent Cummings has never lost a regular season game, but they did lose that district final at home by one point to Caledonia. But the Rams have 100 players on varsity. Now, they only returned seven starters But two of them are Ryan Ahern, who as a junior started at both running back and linebacker. He was also a starter as a sophomore at linebacker. He's going to be a guy to watch. Isaac Poot is a junior who started last year as a safety and also was big in the return game. He's going to play a little offense this year as well. With 100 guys, it'll be only those two going both ways. Rockford opens the season at Muskegon on Friday night. Going to be a ton of fun there. All right, three players to watch. Forest Hill Central is the team that went to Ford Field a year ago, and they've got a senior named Ty Hudkins, who is a safety and a wide receiver for them. He is committed to Northwestern in the offseason. Just not a big guy, but a really big hitter for his size. And then I think this year is going to be special on offense as well because a really talented kid when they get the football to him. Another guy to keep our eye on Kellen Russell Dixon, a senior running back and corner at Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Now he started for the Cougars as a sophomore in the state championship team at corner, played a little bit of running back that year, but really took the bulk of the carries last season as a junior. And boy, he brings the physical to opponents, not big, but he is tough to tackle. And there's not a lot of people that want to tackle him. There's also has really good speed. He's being looked at by some Ivy league schools, outstanding student, but Some of us over here think he's got the potential to be a Mac-type player as well. And Jaden Walker at Portage Northern is a kid that's committed to Toledo. 
plays wide receiver and outside linebacker for the Huskies, who returned 18 starters from a 7-4 and four team a year ago. Walker is an incredible athlete who's added 20 to 25 pounds of strength in the offseason. Defensively is where he really shines, but he's so good that he can make plays offensively as well. He's committed to Toledo, but I'm told that there's a lot of other D1 schools still very interested in him. Three storylines we're following this year in the Grand Rapids area. How about Almost all of the teams from this side of the state that made it to Fort Field last year are changing divisions. We had five teams go to Fort Field last year. Four of them will be in a different division than they were in a year ago. Only South Christian in Division 4 remains. But we talked about Caledonia going from Division 1 to Division 2. Muskegon from Division 3 up to Division 2. Forest Hill Central goes from Division 2 down to Division 3. And then West Catholic, the state champions in Division 6. The Falcons will play D5 this year, and that means a likely district showdown with Grand Rapids. It's Catholic Central, big rivalry there and what should be a fabulous game when we get to November. How about the strength of Division Two? You know, in years past, we would say on this side of the state, Division Two has the fewest teams that have a chance to make a run, but that is no longer the case. Mona Shores, who's been the strongest and most consistent Division One, two, Division Two team over here, they're still there. And then you bring Muskegon in with a really good Muskegon team up from Division Three. Caledonia, who's really good again off a D one final appearance, down in Division Two. And you throw in Portage Northern, who I think is really going to be good. Portage Central's a team that was really young last year and expects to be back in the playoffs this year. Byron Center, Lowell, Reese Puffer. There's a lot of really good Division II football teams this year, and I can't wait to see how that all unfolds as the season progresses. And our third storyline is Ralph Munger taking over at Nuevo. Munger led Rockford for 28 seasons, unprecedented success, three state championships, double-digit OK Red Conference championships, he now returns to the coaching ranks as the head coach of the Nuevo Lions. Nuevo's only won six games combined the last three years, but talking with Coach Munger, he's really excited about what he has. He loves the community. He loves the town of Nuevo. And in the Central States Gold, it's tough, right? You've got Reed City and Tri-County and Big Rapids there, but I think there is a path to the Lions being a 500 or better team this fall. So don't forget to catch us on The Blitz Friday nights at 10.55. By the way, all of our shows stream live on fox17online.com. Dr. Ashraf Albana will be again hosting a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate orthopedic sports injuries for youngsters and high school athletes. Certified physician assistant Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger will also be assisting Dr. Albana. The clinic will be on the second floor of the NOW building at the campus of Memorial Healthcare in Owasso. The clinic allows for x-rays to be taken and reviewed, access to an advanced 3T MRI, CT scan, or further imaging. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. 
Hey everyone, this is Sam Ali, Sports Director at MidMichigan Now. Let's get started with three teams to keep an eye on in the MidMichigan area. Number one, Corona. They made my list last season and for the fifth straight year improved their win total led by the Bauer brothers, Wyatt and Tarek, who already helped the Cavs win a state title in track. Corona has high hopes in 2023. Number two, Lapeer in a stacked Saginaw Valley League. The Lightning have been a perennial playoff team, but in back-to-back seasons, they've been eliminated in the first round, led by superstar quarterback Zach Olenizek, who already has a laundry list of college offers. Lapeer will have a chance in every game in Division I. And finally, Heritage back to the SVL for the Hawks, who abused scoreboards across mid-Michigan last season. Miami of Ohio commit Braylon Isom might break some state records at wide receiver this upcoming season, and that could lead to a deep run for Heritage. All right, how about we put a spotlight on three local players. First, it's Brandon's Drew Hickmott, the ultimate Swiss Army knife. Hickmott rarely comes off the field for his team and finished with a thousand yards receiving last year and he puts the student in student athlete with a 4.3 GPA which is helping him get some looks from Ivy League schools. Second, Mount Pleasant's Logan Barodachuk, the future CMU Chippewa, has the college commitment out of the way so he'll be looking to lead a very talented senior class on a deep run into the Division III playoffs. And third, Linden's Monte Keener. This guy is huge. Six foot seven, 225 pounds, and who knows how much bigger he got over the summer. He'll be playing Division I football at Rutgers next year, but for now, he wants to help the Eagles prove that last year's seven and three finish, their best in six years, was not a fluke. And now, three storylines to watch for this season. Number one, who will come out of Division 5? This is going to be fun. The Grand Rapids teams will likely be on top of the polls, but don't forget Frankenmuth, Corona, Hamity, Standish Sterling, and of course, the defending champs Gladwin. Last year proved, don't sleep on the Flying G's. Number two, new teams in Division 8. As if it wasn't already crowded enough, several established programs are coming to D8, including Division 7 powerhouses New Lothrop and Ithaca. Ubley has been searching for that elusive state title recently, but it looks like the road got even harder for the Bearcats. And number three, the new championship schedule. The state titles will be decided on Saturday and Sunday to accommodate the Michigan State-Penn State game. Will this create any issues for teams? For example, if too many Catholic schools make it and only four can play on Saturday. Highly unlikely, but you never know. For more MidMichigan sports coverage, follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Sam Ali Sports. For the Three Point Podcast, I'm Sam Ali. Hello, I'm Brady Beaton of GetStuckOnSports.com. We cover the Blue Water area, and here's what to look out for this year. Our three players to watch have to start with the belly button. Belly Grappi of Cross-Lex put up huge numbers last season despite missing about half the games due to injury. He runs hard, he runs fast, and he should help the Pioneers have a smooth transition as they welcome in a new coach in Mike Holes. After waiting a couple seasons, Marine City's Parker Atkinson will be at the forefront of the Mariner offense this year. 
Atkinson has been a great piece to use the last couple of seasons when the focus has been on some of the older players. But with Atkinson now a senior and a captain, expect Darren Letson to use him the same way you see Debo Samuel used on Sundays. My final player to watch this season will be Marysville's Carter Sakuchi. This young man passes the eye test and has the numbers to back it up. A weight room warrior, Sakuchi has opposing coaches singing his praises. The biggest concern with Carter is keeping him on the field for all nine weeks, something he has yet to do as a varsity player. But if he can stay healthy, paired with Marysville's offensive line, it could be a star-making year for the Viking running back. More on those big hog mollies up front in a moment. My three teams to keep an eye on start in Port Huron on the north end of town with the Port Huron Northern Huskies. They lost their Eastern Michigan defensive lineman in Luke Fletcher, and they will have to replace a three-year starter at quarterback in Dylan Bloink. Sounds like the returning Mac Blue champs are a regression candidate, right? Well, not so fast. The PHN Huskies will return a glut of young talent. Starting under center, Ty Fletcher is now the full-time starter after filling in last year for a few games when Bloink went down due to injury. It always helps a young quarterback when they have weapons around him, and there might not be a more explosive player than sophomore Amir Moreland. You'll see Amir on offense, defense, special teams, and no matter where he is on the field, opposing teams will have to take note of him. Pair that with other returning talents such as Nick Schrader on the offensive line. Linebackers Austin Heck, Jack Bennett, Cam Haru will play in the defensive backfield and a myriad of other players. Many people, myself included, are high on the Huskies in 2023. The next team to look out for is Northern's crosstown rival from the south side of town, the newly named Red Hawks of Port Huron High. I didn't include these two in the players to watch because I thought it may have been cheating to do a two-for-one, but both quarterback Amari Holler and tailback Gavin Troy could easily end up being the player of the year in our area. Holler, a three-year starter as the Port Huron quarterback and a four-year varsity letter winner, has finally started to get some recognition from the college ranks, picking up offers from Michigan Tech and Northwood as of this recording, with many sure to follow. Pair him up with Gavin Troy and you'll be hard-pressed to find a better one-two punch. Troy is as explosive as they come. Give him an inch and he'll take it to the end zone. Did I mention that both Holler and Troy are a couple of the Red Hawks' best defenders as well? Those two alongside two-way lineman Noah Mayuri and you have a three-headed monster that not many in the area can match. And I would be remiss if the final team to look out for was not the Marine City Mariners. Marine City has been the standard bearer in St. Clair County for the past two decades, and it's because they don't rebuild, they reload. Every time the Mariners lose a very talented player, the question is always, how will Marine City be without this player? What will they do? Well, they just seem to figure it out. Last year, both captains, quarterback Jeff Heslop and running back Zach Tetler, missed large portions of the seasons due to injuries. So what did the Mariners do? They bring up freshman Lincoln Osterlin to step in at quarterback, and he calmly runs the Mariner offense, all while handing it off to newcomer Paul Muscat, who managed to tear up defenses whenever he stepped on the field. Hats off have to go to Darren Letson and his coaching staff. It doesn't matter the hand they're dealt. It always seems like the Mariners have a couple of aces up their sleeve. Some storylines to pay attention to. 
First off, the turnover is greater than normal across most programs in the area. Many of the names Dennis and I were very comfortable saying have graduated and moved on to the college ranks. There are a lot of voids to be filled, and whoever can find those diamonds in the new crop of talent may be the ones adding a league title or more to their trophy case in a few months. That leads me into my next storyline, and frankly, nobody can understand the BWAC. The Blue Water Area Conference is usually unpredictable, but coming into this year, I feel I have less of a grasp on the conference than I normally do. This is a league that in the past eight seasons has seen six different teams claim its conference crown. And the Yale Bulldogs are trying to become the seventh different team since 2016 to win a conference title. Garrett Grunman's Bulldogs were a surprise playoff team a year ago and returned the most players of any BWAC program. However, they will have to get through their rivals in the Croslex Pioneers, who may not return the quantity of players, but bring back a ton of quality headlined by Belly Grappi, Gavin Espinoza, and Joey Ramsey. Another BWAC team that could contend, the Armada Tigers. Kyle Rowley led the Tigers to just their second league title since Ronald Reagan's second term, and Armada's trying to prove that they are just not in a flash in a pan. Where's the beef? Well, apparently everywhere around the Blue Water area. There are more big, dominant offensive and defensive linemen in the area than there has been in recent memory. Some of the headliners start with 6'6", 285-pound junior Troy Kaza of Marysville. He, alongside Lucas Jakubiak, Kaz Cardi, will look to create a wall in Marysville for Carter Sakuchi to run behind. Then you have Noah Myuri, who we've already talked about at Port here on High. Nick Schrader at Port here on Northern was a name we talked about as well. He's the only returning offensive lineman, but he's a pretty good one to have back. Joey Ramsey up at Cross Lex is a monster, especially defensively. Go up to North Branch, Eli Bickle, he's just a sophomore. He's 6'6", he's 240, and he already has an offer from Central Michigan. And finally, rounding out last but certainly not least, Matt Mish at Richmond. He's been a stalwart at left tackle and looks to continue that for the Blue Devils in 2023. You can follow all the action in the Blue Water area by following us at G underscore Stuck on Sports on Twitter or X or like us on Facebook at Get Stuck on Sports. For Three Points Podcast, I'm Brady Beaton. Hey, it's Luke Yardy with Fox Sports Marquette giving you a look at UP football in the 2023 season. Three players to watch. We'll start with Dason Smith, the senior offensive and defensive lineman out of Marquette. Last year as a junior, named the Upper Peninsula Lineman of the Year. Stands six foot six inches, 300 pounds, and recently verbally committed to play football at Central Michigan University next year. Dason has so many skills amongst the offensive and defensive line and really looked to hone them in here in the winter when he wrestled for the first time last year to help with football skills and made it to Ford Field in his first ever year wrestling. Has size, strength, and ability to dominate on both sides of the ball for Marquette. 
in the trenches. Followed by Nate Young, the senior quarterback coming out of Gladstone. He was an all-UP Dream Team quarterback in 2022. Led the Braves to the regional where they lost to Division VI runners-up Nagani in a very close 18-12 game. He is entering his third year starting at quarterback for Gladstone and he's going to return three of his top four pass catchers from last season. So we're looking for a monster year from Nate Young, the senior quarterback out of Gladstone. Finally, speaking of the Nagani Miners, they've got a great running back waiting in the backfield. That is Kyla Carr, the senior for the Miners. He was an All-UP honorable mention selection in 2022. He split carries with the All-UP Dream Team selection running back Nico Lukarainen. He had 132 yards on 12 carries in the district title against Menominee and 21 carries for 130 yards and a touchdown against Gladstone in the regional. He's going to garner most of the carries for the Miners in the backfield in 2023. Look for Kyla Carr, the senior running back for Nagani, to have a big season. Three teams to watch out for here, and we talked about it a little bit with Nate Young. The Gladstone Braves, they are returning a lot of production out of a team that went 9-3 and three a year ago and lost to Nagani, who was the eventual Division VI runners-up uh, at Ford Field, 18-12 uh, to 12 in that regional. Two losses to Nagani last year as part of their three losses. The other loss, a very close game, uh, 28-24, dropping a game against a very talented Duran team a year ago. And head coach Craig Ness in his second year looks to have a very talented squad down in Gladstone. They're returning most of their production. They do lose their dream team running back in Cole Putchy. They also lose a great linebacker in Mitchell Cartwright, but they do return their senior quarterback, Nate Young, and probably one of the favorites in the new West Pack here this year. Followed by last year's team that did make the run to the forward field. The Nagani Miners look to be strong once again, led by head coach Paul Jacobson. Last year, 13-1 overall. The D6 runner-up lost to Grand Rapids West Catholic at Ford Field. They did lose a lot of senior leadership, a lot of great players, but they returned some key pieces, including a man who I just mentioned, uh, the All-UP Honorable Mention running back Kyla Carr, but also junior quarterback Ty Jacobson started for the Miners as a sophomore last year. Look for those two to be very strong on the offensive side of the ball for the Miners, and they look to have a strong and stout defense once again. And of course, this list would be incomplete without taking a look at the North Central Jets. Head coach Leo Gorzinski has led the Jets to three consecutive eight-player Division II championships. They defeated Menden last year 66-26 in the final. They have rattled off 37 consecutive victories. Now they do lose former eight-player player of the year, Luke Gorzinski, but if you thought it was over for the Gorzinskis at North Central, you would be very, very wrong as they are returning Jacob and Elaine Gorzinski. Looking at that final in the win against Menden, Jacob Gorzinski had eight rushes, 132, uh, 130 yards, one touchdown, one passing touchdown. Lane had eight carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. Look for the Gorzinskis to be making some noise in eight-player football again this year for the North Central Jets. And finally, three storylines to look out for here in the UP. As we've seen in college football, conference realignment really starting to hit home here in the Upper Peninsula. Marquette, Escanaba, Sault Ste. Marie all making a football-only move to join the Big North alongside Petoskey, Gaylord, Alpina, and Cadillac. 
and Kingsford, Menominee, Gladstone, formerly of the Great Northern Conference. They will be headed to the Westpac here this year. So we're down to two 11-player conferences in the Upper Peninsula. Second storyline we're looking for, can North Central continue their dominance? Of course, we just talked about it. 37 straight wins, three straight eight-player Division II titles. Can North Central continue that run of dominance here in 2023? And finally, looking forward to a new Westwood head coach bringing some professional pedigree here this year. Former NMU Wildcat Marcus Tucker is going into his first year as head coach for the Patriots. Marcus Tucker, he spent three years in Pittsburgh with the Steelers organization and played two seasons with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Canadian Football League. So Marcus Tucker bringing some professional pedigree to Westwood here this year. Those are our three storylines, our three players to watch, and our three teams to watch in the Upper Peninsula. If you are looking to find out more, you can always follow me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And for Fox Sports Marquette covering the UP, I am Luke Giardi on the Three Point Podcast. All right, guys, this is Jared Patel, Three Point Podcast covering the Detroit area. I got a lot to talk about, not a lot of time to do it, so I'm going to jump right into my three players to watch. Number one, it is number one, a cast tag, Corey Sadler Jr. He's just a sophomore this year, but last year as a freshman, he really burst onto the scene. Just the definition of electric, he plays all over the field. Wide receiver, running back, returns kicks, returns punts. He's the definition of an athlete. And this year, we're going to be able to get to watch him from behind center. He's going to be able to play wherever he wants at the next level. He already has an offer from Alabama. But let's just appreciate this guy on Friday nights while we still got him playing in downtown Detroit at Castec. It's going to be a lot of fun to see him take on the PSL competition this year at quarterback. Number two, Zeke Marshall out of Southfield A&T. Quick story about this guy. So, sorry if this goes a little bit long. Last year, game number one against Cass Tech. It's a tied ball game, 35 seconds left. They're on their own one-yard line. He's about to get sacked for a safety, which would then make them have to punt it back to Cass Tech. He's smartly one of the smartest plays I've ever seen. Fumbles the ball so that Cass Tech recovers it, scores a touchdown. Southfield A&T gets the ball back with 30 seconds on the clock. He huddles the guys around him in the huddle, says, you know what, we're going to march down the field, we're going to score. He does exactly that. He is impressive, man. He ends up winning the game for Southfield A&T last year. He's a really impressive player, really impressive leader, blazing fast, great athlete, committed to Kansas. He's going to have a little bit of work to do with Southfield A&T this year to try to get over that hump and make it to Ford Field, but their offense is going to be electric. He's got a lot of weapons, Tashi Braceville, Xavier Bowman, Juwan Jarrett, three Division One wide receivers out of the perimeter catching passes for him. So he's going to be a guy to watch in that Mr. Football competition. Number three, another quarterback, Bryce Underwood. Belleville. I mean, how do you not talk about this guy? He literally has maybe the best resume going right now of any player through their first two years of high school football in the state of Michigan. Two state titles, two incredible seasons where he's lit it up on everybody, including two huge performances in both of his state championship games last two years. He's the number one junior in America right now. What more do you have to say about Bryce Underwood? He could possibly go for a four-peat if he keeps playing at the level that he is right now. So Belleville and Bryce Hunter, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. That's my three players. Let's move on to my three teams to watch. Speaking of Bryce Underwood in Belleville, they are my number one team to watch. They have to be. It's been a crazy kind of couple years for them. They've won two state titles, but they've had three coaches during that time. Now Kelvin Norman, formerly of Detroit Cody from 2008 to 2018, takes the reins, but they are loaded, loaded with talent. A lot of Division One players all across the board. Two notable guys that I already pointed out. One, Bryce Underwood. 
but fullback and, and linebacker Jeremiah Beasley committed to Michigan. Just an absolute monster up the middle. The one question about this team with a new head coach, can he keep it on the tracks? I think they will. And with a guy like Bryce Underwood behind center, I'd be shocked if anybody ends up beating them in Division One. Moving on, number two, it's Warren De La Salle, most notably Dan Roan. They have a big hole to fill in Cincinnati quarterback and former 2022 Mr. Football Brady Drogosh moving on at quarterback. They beat Forest Hill Central, if you remember, 52-13 to in the championship game last year. But I don't know much about Warren De La Salle. There, there's a lot of unknowns, like I said, a lot of holes to fill. But what I do know is Dan Rowan is returning, and he's currently up to six state titles. I knew Warren De La Salle was a bit of a sleeping giant. If the right coach got in there and Dan Rowan, you couldn't ask for a better coach to be in that position. He could get up to 15 state titles if he stays there for the rest of his career. So as long as he's there, Warren De La Salle is always going to be a team to watch in this area. And finally, I mentioned Corey Stadler Jr. Let's talk about Cast Tech. They lost last year to Belleville in OT in the semifinals. New quarterback in, replacing Fair State commit LaShawn Mumfield, and that is Corey Sadler Jr. Marvin Rushing is in his third season, still looking to win that big one. Just like Belleville, though, they're loaded with talent. Every year they reload, just to name a couple of the guys, Casual Sivers, Stud, defensive back, uh, and numerous other guys as well. PSL is always tough, and they're going to be battle-tested. And if any team is going to hope to knock off Belleville, it's going to have to be Castec behind their electric quarterback, Corey Tadler Jr. So those are my three teams to watch. Let's get into my three favorite storylines. All right, my three storylines this year, let's start with Southfield A&T, which I talked about a little bit with Zeke Marshall. I'm going to reiterate the amount of talent they have on the offensive side of the ball. Tashi Braceful, wide receiver, going to Toledo. Xavier Bowman, another wide receiver, tons of Division One offers rolling in. Jawan Jarrett, this guy catches everything. Another D1 prospect out on the perimeter for Zeke Marshall, who's going to Kansas uh, take his snaps behind center. So they're going to be loaded on offense. But the thing with Southfield A&T, they always have a ton of talent, but they never quite seem to make it over the hump. I think if there is a group that could do it, it's going to be this offense behind Zeke Marshall. So the big storyline to watch here, can Southfield A&T finally put all the pieces together and make a run? at Ford Field. I think this is the year they could do it. They're going to need their defense to step it up a little bit. They're going to need great offensive line play. We already know they have the skill position players. It's going to be fun to watch and see if this is the year they can finally get it done. The second storyline, a new era at Detroit Catholic Central. Justin Live and Die for CC High. Sasante is the new head coach in football. Tori Jackson from Grand Blank last year is now the head coach of the basketball team. They're clearly making the effort to bring a little bit of juice to the sports program. What I know about Justin Sasante, great defensive guy. Uh, he's CC High through and through. Won a state title there back in the day. Won national titles with Brian Kelly at Grand Valley State as a player. If anyone can get them back to what they were, it's going to be Justin Sasante. And I think they're going to be able to do that. Maybe not this year. But over the course of the next few years, I think you're going to get themselves back to the DCC football which we know. Finally, last storyline of the day. I know you guys are getting sick of hearing from me. New head coach, West Bloomfield, Zach Hilbers. West Bloomfield is what I would call a sleeping giant, similar to what we saw with Dan Rowan at Warren Deal South. You get the right coach in there, that program is going to go. Uh, and I think Zach Hilbers is that guy. You know, for all the success West Bloomfield's had over the last three, four years, including a state title, they've had three coaches in four seasons. I think Hilbers, who's a West Bloomfield guy through and through, is the guy to keep them on a steady track, provide some stability to that program that sees a lot of talent come through. One of those guys, Brandon Davis Swain, a Colorado commit, defensive lineman, just a stud. I think they have the right guy for the job to provide some stability to their program and make them a problem for years to come. So Zach Hilbers, how will his career play out at West Bloomfield? I can't wait to see it. All right, guys. My name is Jared Fattel. You already know me, Three Point Podcast. That's the Detroit area.
Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. What's going on, guys? This is Tyler Graham from Michigan High School Football Frenzy and Prep Red Zone. Here's some teams, players, and storylines to keep track of this season. Starting off, we've got Potoski. The Northland have some great talent on both sides of the ball and should have an electrifying offense. It'll be interesting to see if the role players around stars like CJ Hibbler and Joe McCarthy can be what Potoski needs to make a run. Next, we've got Gladwin, who's coming off their best season in school history, and will be looking to back up their state championship this season. The road isn't easy, though, with teams like West Catholic coming from D6 off of their state title, and Catholic Central will be hungry to get back to Ford Field after losing to Gladwin in the semifinals last year. State runner-up Frankenmuth will always be a tough out. The Flying G's return quite a bit, and will have some solid talent coming from the JV ranks as well. The last team to watch out for is Ferndale. They've been implementing a new offensive system, and they've been working hard in the offseason to get bigger, faster, and stronger in the weight room. There's been a big shift in culture in Ferndale, and I think that should show in 2023. Next up, we've got a few players to keep an eye on, such as Wyatt Lesney from Milford. Wyatt is a four-sport athlete at Milford and one of the best linebackers in the state. If he has another outstanding year, he's going to end up with some offers at the next level. Next one to keep an eye on is Connor O'Rourke from Adelon. Connor is a two-way starter, a receiver, and a defensive back. At receiver, he can stretch the field, go up and get it, and rack up the yards after catch. Defensively, he can shut down receivers, high points the ball for interceptions, and gets a lot of pass breakups. Madwan could have a pretty big year behind his big playability. Last, if you're looking for explosive plays, look no further than Hassel's Nakai Amaker. He was able to return a kick and punt return for touchdowns last year to start the season when we saw him against DeWitt. Since then, he's picked up an offer, committed to Bowling Green. Nakai will be a fun one to watch and should keep Hassel in a pretty good position for a conference title. A few storylines to note would be teams like Ithaca moving down from D7 to D8. You'll remember that Ithaca was just a D5 power not too long ago. Jackets returned quite a bit this year, and it'll be interesting to see how they stack up against teams like Ubley and Ottawa Lake Lundford. Also, watch out for D4 as a whole. Returning state champ Grand Rapids South Christian will have to hold off some pretty incredible teams, including Country Day, Portland, Harper Woods, Goodrich, Whitehall, and more to defend that state title. It's one of the most wide-open divisions in the whole state. It should be a blast to watch over the coming weeks. For everything Michigan High School football, come follow me over on X at M-I-C-H-F-B Frenzy and on Instagram at M-H-F-B underscore Frenzy. Thanks to the Three Point Podcast for having me back on. Stay on the lookout for me to be on your team sideline this fall. Hope to see you all there. Hi, guys. This is Cannon from Goose Boop, and here's three storylines I'll be following this Michigan high school football season. One, the Detroit Catholic League. The Detroit Catholic League is always home to some of the toughest football in Michigan, but this fall, it's going to get even tougher as four new schools join the league. Three of those schools are from Toledo, Ohio, 
They're all Catholic schools, and they'll be joining the league's highest classification Will they play against the likes of Orchard Lake St. Mary's, Detroit Catholic Central, Brother Rice, and Warren De La Salle? The fourth school is perhaps the most interesting addition. Reigning D7 state champion Jackson Lumen Christie will join the league's second highest classification. Will they play against the likes of UD Jesuit, Dearborn Divine Child, and Detroit Loyola? Why is this the most interesting one? Well, recall the division of Jackson Lumen Christie. They play in Division 7 the state's second lowest classification. Their league mates, UD Jesuit and Dearborn Divine Child, will be penalized by the playoff point qualification system for playing such a small school. Will this affect those two teams' playoff box? We'll have to watch and keep tabs as this develops throughout the season. My second storyline is the Belleville Tigers. You may recall the Belleville Tigers for any one of the following three data points. They're the reigning D1 state champions for the last two years. They own the state's longest win streak in 11-man football, sitting at just over a year and a half straight of one games. And they have perhaps the nation's best junior player in their quarterback, Bryce Underwood. But did you also know these two other fun facts? Belleville has a new head coach this season. They'll also be playing a non-conference game for the first time in the regular season since 2018 when they kick off week one against no slouch of an opponent, River Rouge. Will River Rouge end the state's longest win streak? We'll have to find out here in six days. Three, the Division Five title race. Many of you be, may be surprised that I picked a lower classification as one of my three storylines. Well, try this one on for size. The reigning D5 state champion are the Gladwin Flying Gs. They just turned in an undefeated 14-0 season. They'll look to repeat this fall, and to do so, they'll not only have to defeat the team they so narrowly defeated in the state title game, Frankenmuth, they'll also have to get past a team they beat in the semifinal round, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Grand Rapids Catholic Central, recall, had the state's longest win streak up until midway through the season last year and had won three straight state titles. This gets even more interesting when you consider Grand Rapids Catholic Central's crosstown rival, Grand Rapids West Catholic, the D6 reigning state champion, will also be joining these three teams in D5. Gladwin, Frankenmuth, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, Grand Rapids West Catholic. All in one division, all vying for a state title. Should be a fun race. This is Jeff Kimmerly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and these are my three storylines to look for this 2023 high school football season. Number one, no more third and forever. The most significant football change on the field will be how the ball is spotted after penalties by the offense that occur behind the line of scrimmage. Previously, those were marked from the spot of the foul, creating second and long, third and forever, fourth and impossible. Now, those penalties will be marked from the previous spot, which is the line of scrimmage where that play began. This change was made to eliminate those excessive penalties on the offense when an infraction took place well behind the line of scrimmage. Number two, 11 player football finals change, but only for one season. Generally, we play our 11 player football finals on the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving at Ford Field. This season, this season only, will be playing on Saturday, November 25th, and Sunday, November 26th. We're making this adjustment this time to 
help out two very valuable partners, Michigan State and Fort Field, as the Spartans will be playing Penn State at Fort Field that Friday, November 24th. This is generally a regular season finale for the college teams, and that's what makes this a one-time situation. Next year, 2024, the college football schedule is slated to end one week earlier. Number three, new opponents available. For the first time, Michigan teams will be able to play anyone else in the United States, as long as those games are played in Michigan and in the contiguous states of Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Minnesota, or Wisconsin, or in the Canadian province of Ontario. There's only one Michigan team taking advantage of this possibility this fall. Detroit Cast Tech will be playing in an opponent from New Jersey at Youngstown State in Ohio, but I have a feeling you'll see this much more in the future. Follow us at the MHSAA on X, formerly known as Twitter, at MHSAA, and follow us on Instagram at MHSAA Sports. For Three Point Podcast, this is Jeff Kimmerly. Well, next up on the podcast, a guy we've been wanting to talk to for quite a long time, and, you know, we want to do a look at Shiawassee County, the Argus Crest Readership Area, a look at what's in store this coming fall in football, and why not get the man, the myth, himself, Jerome Murphy from the Argus Press, join us. Jerome, first of all, thanks. Well, thank you. I appreciate being here, you know. Um, I know we talked about getting me on here for a few months so yeah, yeah. And, and you finally made an appearance and yeah, you know yeah, we want to talk yeah. a little bit about your career but first of all let's let's talk about some of the teams some of the players we want to watch here in Shiawassee County where would you start well I would probably start at Corona myself because uh the two Bauer twins are two of the players that sort of stand out to me um they're both really impact players and uh um, this this will be their senior season, and they're going to be going to Saginaw Valley, I believe. Uh, I think they've signed their well, – they haven't really signed anything yet, but the verbal – Yeah, verbal commitment, commitment right yeah. at the moment. And uh, Wyatt – obviously, they're identical twins. <laughs> right. And uh, Wyatt plays quarterback, and Tarek plays wide receiver. And they, Wyatt had an outstanding season last year, right? I think 19 touchdowns, one, one interception. Yeah, one interception. And he ran for over a thousand yards. He passed for over a thousand and he rushed for over a thousand. And uh, they had quite a season. What eight, eight and three, I believe. Yeah, I and mean, they're looking to make a deep, deep run this season as well. You know, we know Corona is going to be good, especially if they stay healthy. Uh, you know, Jay Nettington's a stud at, at running back, and they're loaded in the skill positions. You know, the, the big key, and we've talked about it before, Jared, you can attest to it being a former quarterback, and Matt, you played ball as a wide receiver. That line, offensive and defensive line, is very important. Offensive and defensive line, and then, like we've said before, just kind of getting lucky and staying healthy. I think that's a big thing. Like you said, everything is there, talent, experience, coaching, all of that is there. Now you just got to hope you can stay healthy and be prepared and let the rest kind of play out for itself. So the Cavaliers have everything right there. That's for sure. It's going to be a fun year in the county for sure. Corona. Hey, Jerome, I got a quick question for you kind of as we've yeah, gone yeah. through the years. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you ever miss the old MMB uh, conference? Is that something you wish <laughs> would come back around? Uh, yes, I do miss it. They had a lot. They had a lot of characters, you know, some of the coaches there. Um, and it goes back to when I was just a young young kid, like Justin over at LC, uh, some of the Corona, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I just miss that a lot, but uh, that's where it all started, you know, as far as what I'm, I'm concerned. But uh, oh, yeah. 
some pretty great rivalries there for sure. And speaking yeah. of that, that that's probably back in the day. I was going to ask you, Murph. Uh, I remember growing up and playing turf. The Murph was <laughs> something that I looked forward to. I mean, I'm telling you, mm -hmm. I look forward to that every weekend. I would pull that Argus Press open. I would probably look at the the Owasso Cinemas, see what movies were playing, <laughs> and then I would fill out my turf. The Murph, and of course, I'd always pick Corona to win. I would always yeah, pick I the Lions. Yep, I just I gave away hundreds and hundreds of movie passes, <laughs> and uh, I literally put that. I kept that place in business, you know. I <laughs> I enjoyed doing that, and we've had many in, incarnations of that contest, and we'll still have that this year again. It's just big skin picks. Yeah, but uh, I've won that a couple of times. I haven't been the greatest picker in the world, but I've had some fun with it, you know. Question is, Matt, I, did you did you go to the movies a lot, Matt? We went artists. to the movies a lot. I mean, that was just something you did as a kid growing up in Owasso, Corona. You know, Friday night, Saturday night, if you weren't going to a football game or a basketball game, you were going to the movies or going roller skating. But I rarely got to the free passes because <laughs> I was one that every week it was Corona, Michigan, and the Lions, and not picking <laughs> Michigan State. Those four are, were always happening, so I didn't win very much. I was going to ask you, Murph, though, kind of along those lines, how cool is it for you to kind of reflect back on your career and think about, I mean, you, you did cover some of my playing days, Jared's playing days, not Ted's Ted, Ted was no. a little before you, a little before your time, but kind of reflecting on your career and all the, the, the communities and all the good players and teams and all that kind of stuff that you've covered over however many years you've been doing it. It just seems a little bit odd because uh, it doesn't seem like I've been doing it for 34 years, you know, and, uh, before that, I worked at the Independent for maybe, yeah, two, three years uh, part-time. And then I went to Richmond, Michigan, and I was the sports editor there for three years. And then I finally came back. I got a call from Gary Webster. They, he said that the uh, sports writer that they hired only lasted a couple of weeks. So I, he told me to come down back home again, and I was it, it didn't take me too long to get here. So I... I've always been an Owasso native and I enjoyed coming back and uh, working with Gary Webster and Tony Hornis. And uh, like I say, 34 years, that's, uh, that's a lot of years and a lot of teams and a lot of players. And that's one of the things I enjoyed about it is working with the players and the coaches. And uh, we've had a few state champions, um, not too many in bas boys basketball, but we've had some in girls basketball and, uh, you know, football. track and field and uh, football. football. Yep, Chesning won a couple of years, what, 80, 1998 and 2001. 2001 uh, New Lothrop won a couple of times. So those are probably some of them big highlights. And, of course, the Wasso winning the softball ch state championship in 2021. And uh, I'm looking forward to the last uh, football season coming up. <laughs> yeah. What's been your favorite part of the your job over over the years, Drew? What what is it that keeps you coming back? That's a good question. You know, I I just enjoy being around sports and being around the athletes, uh, and uh, I enjoy writing. Uh, but uh, I don't really particularly like the deadlines too much, and the weekends <laughs> are pretty much uh, taken up. So. Yeah. Uh, I think I I'm ready for a change anyway. But I enjoy photography a lot. It's uh it's been a it's been a fun run, you know. Uh 
I can't I can't complain about anything really. So. You know, if, if you talked about some of the state championships and some of the, some of those highlights, what about personally? Do you have a, a favorite, you know, game or column that you wrote? Anything that really stands out at the top for for you? I can't really name one particular thing. Um, I just I'm just thinking about the state titles and football. Jim Zapp and um, and Ryan. I think Ryan Brady was the guy who engineered the first one in 1998, right? 100%. Wild 41-38 shootout with Belding. I mean, that was one yeah, of the greatest yeah, games yeah. in high school history, I think, in, in the finals. Yeah, and I remember the first Owasso Corona game. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was at Corona, it was at Corona right? It was so, at Corona, 10 points up, a minute and a half to go. Don't get me down that road again. The funny thing <laughs> was I left the game early because I, I – Oh no! Deadline I, th- I, I thought Corona had this game one, you know, and then they did too. It was maybe what a minute and a half left. Minute and a half left. Like I said, Corona's up ten. Uh, Owasso scores, kicks an onside kick. Corona recovers it, but there was a penalty. He got to kick it again. They recovered the onside kick, scored the winning touchdown. I don't know, if like thirty seconds to go, twenty seconds to go. I mean, it was huge. And you talked about leaving. You know, it's, I've always talked about this. I can't tell you how many people did exactly what you did and listened to the final call on the radio on Z92.5. And and uh, just goes to show you, better not leave too early, especially when those teams are involved. That's right. And I can remember well, the first time I heard about the outcome was when Tom Harkman called me with the stats for the game. And he said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did we you play won the dumb? game. Did you played dumb and said, "Yeah, okay, just give it to me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a lesson well learned. You know, never leave early for anything. You know, yeah. until the final gun. Yeah. So, I guess there hasn't really been any one specific game or column that stands out, but I just uh, enjoyed, just enjoyed the run. I guess. So. Yeah. Any other teams that we should be keeping an eye on? I know, obviously, Corona is the one in the in Mid Michigan and Shiawassee County area. Any other teams that you're kind of keeping an eye on this fall? Yeah, New Lothrop definitely. Um, yeah. They didn't win the MMAC last year. Durand won it, and they it was sort of like a banner year for Durand. Uh, seemed like they had so many seniors led by Gabe Lynn, but New Lothrop still went to the state semifinals, right? Uh, uh, they ended up losing to is it Traverse City, St. Francis? Yeah. yeah, that was a heck of a team too. And I was <laughs> I was shocked they didn't win the state championship. Yeah, um, that was one of the colder games I've been to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jared can relate. Yeah, it, it, it was snowing outside, and I was just uh, worried about keeping my camera intact. You know, but they're going to be good because uh, Jack Kohanic, the quarterback, is back along with some other guys and. He's another guy to look out for uh, besides the Bauer brothers. Um, well, you know, Ovid Elsie, too. I mean, Ovid Elsie beat Corona last year in that final game of the regular season. Their quarterback is back. Excellent athlete, Trice Tokar. I know before we started recording here on Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, uh, thanks for coming in that early, by the way. Uh, Ovid Elsie, young team, you said, but they do have their quarterback back, and he's excellent. Oh, he's excellent. Uh uh, pole vault champion, and he's like an, an elusive quarterback, uh, and he also plays safety. Uh, he's definitely going to be another guy to watch out for. How about, how about a Wasso? Rob, Ron Tyner back, I think it's his second year. You know, it looks like they're, again, a young team. 
Hoyt Patrick did some quarterbacking last year, but his younger brother, sophomore, uh, Liam, is going to be the QB at least to start the season. Is it a lot of question marks, you think, on the Trojans? A lot of question marks. Uh, I would like to see them um, take a, a step up this year, and I think they might. I'm not sure if they're going to be having the same helmets or not, the Michigan. Ah. We'll see what happens. So. Another question mark, too, is uh, Byron football team going to eight-man, and I'm not sure how that's going to work. I'm going to talk to the coach today about the team. And, again, before we get you out of here, Jerome, I know you guys have a a big uh, preview publication that's coming out. Tell us a little bit about when that will hit the stands and uh, some of the things you're working on. Well, I know it's going to be hitting the stands next week uh, in the – I'm going to be, I talked to the, the Bauer brothers. It's going to be the cover story and uh, looking forward to this. Is my final season again, man, we're, we're going to have the pigskin picks again. So we'll see how that happens. But uh, we've had some changes at the Argus, but uh, yeah. we got a new editor, Aaron Bodist, um, and uh, looking forward to that. All right, guys, any other questions before we let the Murph escape? <laughs> no, just uh, yeah, I, I know you've you've done an awesome job covering athletes in the area, and we always talk about it that we we love doing this show and what Ted did for his whole career, giving some athletes a little bit of shine, whether it's on the radio or a podcast or you know seeing their seeing their names in the newspaper. I, I did. I was I was lucky enough to make a couple um, articles and have my picture in the Argus Press a couple times. I know how cool that was for me. So I know everyone in the area definitely appreciates everything you did. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. I, I just enjoyed uh, working with the kids, uh, the great, great kids, uh, and the coaches. So, yeah, I've, I've had some uh, uh, memorable coaching um, encounters. So, all right, Murph, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, we will continue on with our prep pigskin preview right after this. The Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center is the latest addition to the ever-growing Memorial Campus in Owasso, Michigan. If you're a youngster, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at a flat rate of $150. Start anytime with no enrollment fee. Included with your membership is use of the SkyTrack, locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a swimming pool, cardio exercise theater, including treadmills, ellipticals, free weights, and a whole lot more. The three of us support and wholly endorse the wellness center many great classes are also available like yoga rock and ride cycling step cardio boot camp and tons more for more details follow and like them on facebook at memorial wellness center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org this has been the three point podcast our special pigskin preview it's been presented by the memorial healthcare's wellness center and jacobs insurance agency Follow them at memorialhealthcare.org and jacobsinsurance.com. Our local partners include AZ Branding Solutions, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We want to thank all our experts and uh, thank Jerome Murphy for coming in studio to join us and talk about his career in Shiawassee County. Uh, my uh, radio station, you can kind of see the logo behind me, Z92.5 The Castle, our game of the week starting off the season. Eaton Rapids at Owasa. We'll get some of the answers of the Trojans this season early on. And, man, you know, guys, we talked about some of our uh, memories. 
but uh, and we've talked about Wilman Field before, but I'm I'm looking forward to being back at the old gem of a stadium just to start the season. There's nothing like it. I was gonna say that is definitely something. I, it's gem of a stadium. It's it's got to be one of the cooler settings in in high school football, right there in the neighborhood, the old stadium. It, it is very cool. Looking forward to that. Also, everybody out there, you can follow us on the socials at Three Point Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Email us comments at threepointpod at gmail.com. Until next time, peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.